Hello everyone, this is Pastor Jay Tyler from Hold to Assembly of God, and I want to thank you for listening to this broadcast of Life in the Spirit. I pray that you are challenged, blessed, and encouraged as you hear God's Word shared in this message. Did you know that um, at the beginning of this year, beginning of 2021, and this happens every year, but 45% of all Americans make some type of New Year's resolution. And that means, check this out, about 140 million people, 140 million people commit themselves to lose weight, quit smoking, eat healthier, further their education, maybe uh, become more financially secure, or, or some other personal pledge. And statistics tell us this, that of those people, only 8% carry out that commitment to the end of the year. In fact, 80% will fail by tomorrow, February 1st. 80% will fail. And I wonder how many people made this commitment at the beginning of 2021. I'm going to make church a priority. Church is going to be a priority for me and my family. And that sounds like a good goal, right? And we should go to church. However, going to church probably is not the commitment we need to make. And I'm going to show you what I mean by that here in this message. So I'm going to, this message is just simply don't go to church. Now, before you start running for the doors, the doors are locked. There's armed guards at every exit. I was talking with someone last week, and uh, in the middle of our conversation, they said, oh, by the way, uh, so-and-so told me to tell you hello. And I heard them say the name, but I didn't recognize it. And I said, who? And they, they knew that I didn't know the name. And the person telling me goes, well, that person goes to your church. And I go, they do? And they said, yes, they go to your church. So I said, now, now most of the times I'm pretty good with, with names and faces, but I, I said, what again is the name? And as they said the name, I just pulled up my phone, and I do what, what most of us do now, right? I go to social media, pop in the name, and I, I'm, I'm looking, and I'm like, well, this could be the person because they live in the area, uh, but I really don't recognize them. So I said, is this them? And they go, yeah, that's them. I said, this person goes to our church? And they're like, yeah. But again, normally I'm pretty good with faces, uh, but I didn't recognize this person or their family. So I said, are you sure they said me? And they said, quote, yes, next time you see Jake Tyler, tell them we said hello. So I'm, I'm just dumbfounded. I'm just, I, 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 so I keep thinking about this. And as I'm thinking, I'm like, you know what? I recognize them now. I recognize, no kidding, about three and a half years ago, they came to church once. And what happened was they heard me either on the radio or a podcast. I forget how. They, cut, they were in the area. They thought they'd come check me out, check us out. They attended one service, but they made the impression on this person that they attend Holt Assembly of God. And you know what? There are people all over our community that say they attend our church or they attend one of our, our area churches. You know, quite frankly, we may have not seen them in weeks, months, or even years. But they still go to whatever church. And uh, there are people all over our, our community, but not only our community, but also in this church, uh, who attend this church. And uh, they're here maybe not, in, not frequently, but uh, they have this kind of approach to church. Here it is. We, uh, we go to that church, but it's kind of like this. We also go to the grocery store. Uh, we go to a ball game. We go to the doctor's office. And again, we go to church. It's in that same vein. Here's what I mean by that. Church is not something we go to. It's something we're a part of. Church is not something we go to. It's something we are a part of. So church is not uh, God's, God's highest calling on our lives as followers of Christ 
was never to go to church. That's not our, our high calling. Uh, God's highest calling isn't for us to, to go to a destination. It is, it's important that we go to church. I get that. God's highest calling for us is to be conformed to Christ. The Bible commends us to be planted in the church, to be, to be the church, to be a city on a hill whose light shines in the darkness. So God's calling is for us to be planted in his house so that we can be sent out to reach a fallen world. So maybe instead of going to church, it's time for us to be planted in God's house. Now, where does that language come for, from? And we, we can find that language in Psalms 92, uh, verses 12 and 13. It says this in verse 12, the righteous shall flourish. Everyone say flourish. Flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Verse 13, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. The word flourish, that's not a word we use very often today. At least I don't use it very often. I mean, if someone comes up to me and they say, how are, hey, how are you doing? I don't say, hey, I'm flourishing, right? I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I can't even think of the last time I used the word flourish. But when we, we look at that word, it may not be a word that we, we use very commonly, but it's a great word that sums up what happens to those who are planted in God's house. So the word flourishing means this, developing rapidly, uh, successfully, thriving, growing, and prospering. So I don't know about you, flourishing sounds pretty good, right? Developing rapidly, uh, successfully, thriving, growing, and prospering. So when you're planted in God's house, you are thriving, you are spiritually growing, you are prospering. And the psalmist compares those who are planted in God's house to two trees. And the first one is the cedar. Now, cedars are, are known for their durability. And cedars are known to be pleasant to look at, and they, they smell good. For example, Solomon, when he built his temple, he built it mostly out of cedar. He built the, uh, the columns, the posts, the beams, the, room were, the, uh, the roof was all made out of cedar. And it's a durable because it, it needed to be durable because the temple needed to stand for many years. Cedars repel uh, insects. It's attractive to look at, and again, it smells good. So when we're planted in God's house, we flourish like the cedar. That means this, we're durable, we're strong, we're lasting. The psalmist compares those who are planted in God's house to another tree, to the palm. And the palm tree or palm branches are always symbolic of triumph and victory. So when we're flourishing, we're, we're triumphant and we're victorious. In the, the Corinthian Olympic Games, when someone would win the games, they wouldn't give them a gold medal, they would give them a palm branch. And the palm branch was equivalent, again, to the gold medal, it symboled victory. When Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, we call that day uh, Palm Sunday, but it's, the, it's also known as the triumphal entry. The people who greeted Jesus waved palm branches at him. It was a sign of victory. So how about you? Are you flourishing? That means this. Are you growing? Are you blessed? Are you strong? Are you stable? Are you pleasing to be around? Both the palm and the cedar, they're evergreens. They, there's life through it, flowing through them all year around. There's strength, there's victory, there's fruit. They flourish. So who flourishes? The Bible again tells us, Psalms 92, 13. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. The Bible doesn't say those who attend church flourish. It says those who are planted. There's a big difference between the two. Those who are planted in the Lord's house shall flourish. Verse 14, they shall still bear fruit in their old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. 
So they'll bear fruit in their old age. They'll stay fresh and green. I don't know about you. The older I get, that verse means more and more to me every day. So those who are planted in God's house have longevity. Look at verse 15. To, uh, to declare that the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Those who flourish, those who are planted in God's house, are able to proclaim the Lord is upright, he is my rock. They, they are people who are flourishing. They are, again, people who are blessed. They are people who are prospering. They are people who are connected. They're emotionally engaged. They're making a difference, and they live a fulfilled life. Those, that's describing those who flourish. When you're planted in God's house, you should be flourishing. For, unfortunately, many of us aren't flourishing. So instead, we're saying this. Well, instead of spiritually flourishing, I'm spiritually dry. Or instead of thriving emotionally, I'm emotionally withering. Instead of saying I'm, I'm connected relationally, I'm relationally barren. Instead of saying I'm, I'm prospering financially with breathing room to be a blessing, I'm financially struggling, I'm hurting. Instead of saying I'm fulfilled spiritually and making a difference, full of joy, many people may say this, I'm searching, I'm reaching, I'm longing for, I'm hoping for that thing that hit, that bust something. Something, that relationship, that job, whatever it is that makes me feel like it fulfills my need, that's what I'm longing for. Shouldn't be that way, church. Those who are planted in God's house should flourish. Many people say, I go to church, but I'm not flourishing. But the Bible says a contradiction there to, to, to our circumstances. If we're really planted in God's house, we should be flourishing. So if we aren't flourishing, that begs this question. Maybe I'm just going to church. I'm not planted. Pastor, I come to church every week. Yeah, but are you planted? Are you planted in God's house? So in keeping with this theme of growing and flourishing, here's what we need to recognize about our lives. Our lives are like a seed, and we are planted like a seed in God's house. So a seed has tremendous potential. A seed has the potential to grow, to thrive, to multiply, to produce fruit, to be a blessing to others. But it's a seed, a seed is, if it lies dormant, if a seed lies dormant, then it's unproductive, it's unfruitful, and it's dissatisfied. So our lives are like a seed, and a seed can only grow if it's planted. Who flourishes? Again, those who are planted in the house of the Lord. You know, Jesus tells us a, a great story, and I'm not going to read it all, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase it from Matthew's gospel. Uh, chapter 13, he talks about a sower, a farmer. He said a sower went out to plant seed. As the sower threw out seed, some of the seed that fell on the path, it fell on hard ground, and since the seed couldn't take root, the birds of the air came along and ate the seed. The seed never reached its potential. Some seed fell in shallow ground, and it sprouted up, and because it never had any roots, it could not grow deep. Whenever the sun beamed down upon it, it withered and it dried up immediately. Some started to grow, but then some other plants with thorns chokes it out, chokes the life out of it. And that life, that little plant that's emerging, Jesus said it with, because of worries and concerns of life, it just withers away. See, some people have potential, but they never go anywhere. Some people start to grow, but they quickly fade. Well, just think about folks you've seen in and out of the church over the years. It's true. It's such a true story. Some people have potential, but they never go anywhere. Some people start to grow, but quickly fade away. Some start to strive spiritually, 
but the worries, the concerns, the bills, the struggles, the, the, the things of life just begin to choke out their spiritual growth. But Jesus said, those, the seed that falls on good soil, on good soil, what does it do? When it's planted, it multiplies. It grows. What? 30 times, right? 60 times, 100 times. One seed can become a massive blessing because it's planted in good soil. So who flourishes? Those who are planted in the house of the Lord. A seed can only grow if it's planted. So going to church isn't the same as being planted in God's house. There's a difference. And you can even hear it in the language we, we just read. For example, some folks who go to church might say this. And it, again, just people who attend church, this is kind of common verbiage. Hey, uh, are we going to go to church today? Are we going to go to church today? I'm kind of thinking we're too busy. You know, we had ball games, got a lot going on. There's this, there's that. We're tired. And instead of going, let's just go to, out to the restaurant, our favorite restaurant. We never go out to eat. Uh, or do we go to church? That's the verbiage you hear from someone who just attends church. But when you're planted, you'll never say, are we going to go to God's house? Because church isn't a destination that you attend. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's a, it's a non-negotiable. We are the church. It's not a destination we attend. It's an identity inside of us. It's who we are. The Greek word that is translated for church is a, is a great word. It shows us a lot of meaning. It's, it's the Greek word ekklesia. And it means two ways. You could two, two ways you translate it, and really you have to do both, not just one or the other. So it means, yes, a gathering or an assembly. So you can come to church, you worship, that's good, but it's not the same as being planted in God's house. Ecclesia is translated as assembly or gathering, but it's also translated this way. And I think this is the most important one that you, you need to look at. Number two, it also means those who are called out. Those who are called out. So when you're the church, again, it's not just something you attend, something you gather together at. It's who you are. God has called you out. It's part of your being. So we're gathered together to be unified. We gather together to honor God. We gather together corporately to worship God, to hear his word, to be strengthened. But it's not what happens inside the church that's most important. It's really what happens outside of the church because of who we are. When we're planted, we're not spiritual consumers. The church does not exist for us. But if you attend church, church does exist for you. It has to meet my needs. It has to do this. It has to do that. But when you're planted and you're part of the church, it's no longer that way. It's, what, it's not what I can get, it's what I can give. When we're following, and I don't even mean money, church. I'm just talking about give of ourselves. You know, I'm willing to lay my ego at the door. I'm, I'm willing to lay my, my cares aside. I don't care. It doesn't matter because I'm planted in God's house. When we're planted, we're not spiritual consumers. Again, the church does not exist for us. When we're followers of Christ, we realize that we are the church and we exist for the glory of God. That's why we exist. We exist for God's glory and to reach a fallen world. There's a massive difference between going to a building, being plugged into a calling, to a movement, to a mission. So let me give you two scenarios. Person A. Person A goes to church and their story goes like this. I went to church and there was this song. It really spoke to me. I enjoyed it. The message was just for me. Someone in the church was nice to me. I felt so guilty, but I also felt loved and accepted. Kind of another version of person A goes on like this. They go to church. They felt empty on the inside. 
and recognize that they have a spiritual need, so they call out to Jesus and their life is changed. But they really don't connect with other believers. They never really take on the mission of the church themselves. They still go to church. They, they, they kind of watch worship. They're not really engaged in worship. There's no contribution. There's no real giving. There's no real serving. They go to church on and off. Maybe three years later, you see them Easter or Christmas, maybe big events. But here's what's happening on the underside of all that. Their marriage is failing. Their kids are going awry. They shouldn't have bought the things they bought. Their finances are terrible. Whatever. Someone's struggling with drugs. It's the same, same story. They hate their job. They hate their life. They're miserable. In other words, they're not flourishing. They might be saved, but they're not flourishing. Those who are planted in God's house flourish. Again, if, if we don't like that verbiage or that, that message, then you have, to take Psalms, you have to take that psalm out of the Bible, right? Person B goes to church, and the message speaks to them. The, pers- the song, the, the person, whatever connects with them. Uh, God answers a prayer. They need Jesus. Unlike person A, person B develops some relationships. Someone else is praying for them. They are praying for someone else. And they recognize, hey, you know what? I got gifts. God can use me. God can use me here in this place. Instead of just going to church, they use their gifts for God's glory. And suddenly the church isn't a destination they attend. It's part of who they are. It's their identity. Their roots grow deep. And suddenly life is not perfect. It's it's never perfect. But when the storms come, that tree can withstand the storms. Because why? The roots roots are deep. They're deeply planted. They're deeply connected to God. If you're going to be deeply connected to God, you've got to be connected to his house. And I'm not saying hold the assembly of God. I don't care what church it is. It is a house of God you have to be planted in. You have to be connected with the community. You have to share in the mission. Christianity is not called for us to be lone rangers and just doing our own thing. That is not biblical. There's a big difference between going to a building and being planted in the house of God. So what happens when we're planted? Well, there's two things. Number one, when we're planted, our roots grow deep. Our roots grow deep. Look at Jeremiah 17, 8. When we are planted, our roots grow deep. Jeremiah 17, 8. For he shall be like a, a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green. And will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. See, I wonder how many of us right now have some heat in our lives. We're, we're facing some heat. We're facing some trials, some burdens. I remember you would say this, I'm in a drought right now. I'm just in a drought. There's a season of drought, just spiritually maybe. See, these times are going to come. If, if, if you've endured these seasons before, you understand this. But there are just times in your life where you go through seasons. And then what we want to do is we want to blame everything else. And you can't. It's just a season. You're going through a season. It will change. But you have to endure it. So these seasons are unavoidable. But when they come, when you're planted, when your roots are deep, you're not bothered. You understand that, you know what, this challenge is going to pass by. We're not bothered by the heat. We're not bothered by the drought. Why? Because we're connected. We're connected to the source. And it's greater than any problem we'll ever see on the surface because our roots are deep. For example, uh, redwood trees, they're the tallest living trees on the earth, and they can grow 30 stories high and three stories wide. How how in the world does a tree grow that tall? It's amazing. You know why? Their roots are deep. Their root system is so deep. 
The root system can go out and down 100 feet. It, that is amazing. What happens when you have, look, just imagine this, a redwood forest now. So you have this tree over here. It's, 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 so, it's tall. It's, it's 30 stories tall. And its roots go out 100 feet out and 100 feet down. And then you have another redwood tree here, and its roots do the same. It goes down, it goes out, and then another. And if you worked at any kind, and I know, Shannon, you can talk about this, but any type of land clearing, and you start to pull trees up and roots, you see how interconnected they are. Those redwood trees grow so tall and strong because they're so connected to each other. They're anchored with each other. Boy, isn't that a beautiful picture of what the church should be like? It's not something you attend. It's something you're planted in. This is why we need the body of Christ. We need each other. Now more than ever, we need each other. I can promise you this, that you'll face opposition, every one of you. Every one of us will face trials, we'll face struggles, we'll face setbacks. We'll, we'll interact with crazy people. They'll drive you nuts. And if you don't have any, I'll, borrow, I'll let you borrow some of mine. You'll face opposition. But listen, if you face it alone, you're vulnerable. You can still be going to church, going to church every certain, but not connected. And when you're not connected, you are very vulnerable. I'll tell you right now, the devil doesn't mind you walking through those doors. Not a bit. Doesn't matter what church is. I don't care what the church is, what the reputation is. He is not bothered by us coming through the doors of a church. The only one who wants you, though, to think that you shouldn't be planted is him, though. It's, the, it's Satan. He, just come to church, it's fine. No problem with that. But the last thing he wants you to do is to become rooted, grounded, planted, planted in God's house. He wants you isolated because there in isolation, he can do his work. You're vulnerable. See, we need the family of God. I need you. You need me. We're like these redwood trees. We need each other. We create a system. So my roots are being supported by your roots. We need each other. We grow deeper together. Number two, when we are planted, our roots produce fruit. So when we're planted, our roots produce fruit. Look again at Jeremiah 17, 8. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green, and will not, and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. So when you're planted, you produce fruit. So if you're, if you're not producing fruit, you might be going through a season. It will slow down, but there's fruit. I get that. But if you're not producing fruit, you're not planted. And when I say planted in God's house, yes, I do mean a local church, but I mean something bigger than that. I hope we all understand that. What is fruit? The Apostle Paul talks about this in Galatians chapter 5. It's called what? The fruit of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the It's spiritual fruit that comes from the Holy Spirit in us as we, we abide with Christ, in Christ. He's producing life in us and through us. In other words, when we're connected to the spiritual vine of Christ, the Holy Spirit in us produces spiritual fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. When you're planted, all these things come out of us. They, it, when you're deeply planted, you have no other choice but to produce. So when life is tough, guess what comes out? Love. So when life gets tough and we're around tough people, we don't love, it's, we need some evidence of some fruit. Joy still comes out in the midst of a trial. When we are planted, we can consider it pure joy, as James says. When we face trials, joy is a spiritual fruit. It's the result of being planted in God's house. 
when you're planted and the Holy Spirit is doing something special in you, it's recognized as spiritual fruit. It's not just you. Your love blesses other people. Your joy is contagious. Your peace is attractive. Now, just think about the flip side of that. That's the kind of fruit you don't want. So when, when you are producing fruit, your love blesses other people. Your joy is contagious. Not being cantankerous or nasty. That repels people. Your peace is attractive. Not your anxiety, not your fear, not your worries. That repels people. Your faithfulness builds up relationships. When this occurs, you, are, you realize that, you know what, I'm planted. I'm growing. I'm making a difference. God is working in me. He's working through me. When you're planted, you realize it's not about you. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus in you. It's about Jesus through you. It's about others. When you're planted, you put others first. When you're planted in the Lord's house, you miss a week or two, and guess what? People notice. People notice when you're, when you're missing, when you're planted. But if you aren't planted, it's not so obvious. I, this is, happens in every church. I, I missed two weeks, and they didn't call me. No one checked on me. Well, because you miss two weeks all the time. How are we supposed to know? I mean, there's some people, they don't come for months. Why didn't anyone call me? Because you have this habit of not coming for months. I mean, we've reached out before. Do we have to keep doing that? But when you're planted and you miss, people know you're missing. Why? Because you're filling a void. You're planted. You're connected. It's obvious that you're not there. See, when you realize this, that you know what? People miss me because I'm, I'm missing. I'm gone. They, know, they knew I was gone. You know this. You are planted. You've got roots in that place. This isn't just a place I go. This is family. This is where I'm needed here. God needs me here. Why? Because he created me to do something, to use my gifts, my talents. I'm known, I'm loved, I'm planted in God's house. When you're planted, you recognize, I'm not just saved for my sins. I'm saved for the glory of God. I'm saved to make a difference in this world. There's a difference between going to church and being planted in God's house. Can I tell you this? For far too long, we've just been going to church. They need to stop. We need to be planted in God's house. Only a seed that, that is planted can grow and flourish. How, where do we go from there? Where, where does God want us to be? Well, it's, it's just time for you to get planted. It's time to commit. It's time to settle down. It's a priority. Not only that, it's a privilege. Do we really think we can go through any spiritual opposition? Because we all are going to face spiritual opposition. We're gonna, and, and in this world right now, in this climate, can I tell you what? You're going to face, face opposition a little differently in this season. So where, where before the opposition wasn't so much in your face, it's going to be in your face. So how are you going to deal with it? Are you going to deal with it like your flesh? Or are you going to deal like, with it like Christ? If you're not planted, you're going to deal with it like your flesh. And God gets no glory. You might have proved your point. You might have gotten your thoughts across, but you didn't represent Jesus very well. I'm sorry, church. This is the time for the church to shine. You can look at this, the situation right now, the season, and say, man, it's dark, it's dreary, it's nasty. You know, things are going wrong. It's time to shine. It's dark. It's dark. So this is why you got to be planted. This is the time. This is the season. So do we really think we're going to find opposition? We're going to fight against this all by ourselves? We're going to take on this world by ourselves by coming to church once or twice a month? Do we really think that we, when we spend more money on coffee at Starbucks and more than we spend on God's work, that we're really going to be a true disciple? No. 
Do we really think that when we spend more time on social media rather than God's word, that we're really going to be a disciple? Do we, do we think that spending more time on social media than serving? Using, use, and listen, you can be serving in a lot of different capacities. How's God using you? How's he using you for his glory? See, it's time for us to be planted because God wants you to flourish. So how about you? Are you flourishing? Are you thriving? Are you growing? Life's not perfect, but your roots are deep. Your faith is strong. Your church family is praying for you. They know, they know when you're going through a season. They know when you're going through a time. You know that you're need, needed. You know that you're loved. I'm part of something bigger, bigger than me. I don't just go to a building. I am the church. I'm, I'm a Christ ambassador. I assemble and then I go out to a world and I go out into this world strengthened, making a difference because I'm planted in God's house. You may say, well, I tried it. I, I went to church three or four weeks in a row. Didn't take. Listen, it takes time for a tree to grow. Here, here's five things a tree needs to grow to, and flourish. Soil. It takes light. It takes water. It takes temperature. It takes time. So it takes good soil. Your soil, your heart is good soil. It, it takes light. The word of God is like a lamp unto your feet, a light to your path. It takes water. Jesus is like living water. He washes us and renews our soul. It takes temperature. It takes the fire of the Holy Spirit to warm that seed in your heart. But it takes time. So when's the best time to plant a tree? 20 years ago. When is the best time for you to implant it in God's house? 20 years ago. So when's the best time to be planted? Right now. You got, it's got to happen now. It takes time. It takes time, church. Now is the time because God wants you to flourish like a strong cedar or a victorious triumphant palm. Only those who are planted in the house of the Lord are those who flourish. Today, I want you to be planted in God's house. That's my encouragement to you so that you can flourish, so that you can be a blessing to others. And I want to close by giving you an opportunity to make a commitment to be planted in God's house. To be planted not only to church, remember, not just going to church, but planted in God's house. And then secondly, planted deeply, deeper in your relationship with God. Planted in your calling, planted in your purpose. See, every one of us, we have, God's got a plan for your life. You, you were not born by accident. God gave you talents, he gave you abilities, but not only that, you went through life and had certain experiences, some good, some bad. But are you redeeming them? Are you allowing God to redeem them and use them for his glory? See, sometimes what happens is our flesh gets in the way and God can't redeem them the way he wants to. But I'm telling you this, when you really concentrate on being deeply planted in your relationship with God, you're going to experience fruit. Fruit's going to happen. It's going to, it's going to come from you. It has to. Once again, I'd like to thank you for listening to this message. It was an honor to be able to spend this time with you in God's Word. If you have any questions or would like to find out more about Holt Assembly of God, please go to our website at www.holtag.org and connect with us there. Until our next broadcast of Life in the Spirit, I hope that you have a great day as you serve the Lord Jesus with a grateful heart.